coffee and your Bible. Year of our Lord 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits. And Mike, Mike. was supposed to start the song. And Mike. Shadow of your 
It's good to see y'all this morning. Y'all may notice that they don't even know what day it is till they look up there. <laughs> it's like, what day is it? It is uh, March of 9th. It is going by fast. Amazingly fast. Amazingly fast. We're about to be a quarter of the way through this year. Uh-huh. We got used to writing. Wow. Amazingly fast. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Some of you may wonder where Brother uh, Charles is. He, my understanding, he told Joshua that he was going to lay back down. He uh, woke up kind of with some sinus issues, thinks he might have a cold, so he's still down at the RV. But it's good to be with you this morning, so keep Brother Charles in your prayers. I was going to say something, I can't remember what it was. Huh. Anyway... We're going to jump in. We're in Proverbs chapter 2. We ended yesterday with verse 5, so we'll take up from verse 5 and start reading there again today. While you find your spots, I'll say just a, a thing or two about us as the Nesbits. So we're taking like the first half of this year off, and, and there's a lot of reasons. People are calling asking us to come sing and stuff. But um, so... At this moment, you know, we're involved with two congregations, pastoring a congregation on Saturday, a congregation on Sunday, plus we have daybreak, and we have Bible studies. and But we are planning on traveling and singing again. So it's, it's not that we're not going to, but we just got a lot of things going on, so we're trying to catch up. You may, most of you can relate to this, but when you're really, really busy and you're doing a lot, even if it's kingdom work, still things around here need to be worked on as well, and uh, we need to get the churches established and built up and, and God is sending workers and laborers so that we will be able to leave and do more. But Josh and Josh and Sarah are getting married in May, so we got that going on. So just a lot of things happening for us at the beginning of this year. And so it, it seemed like we just need to take a little time off of, from all the traveling and uh, try to get some things taken care of. Then we will... Uh, Start going around and singing again. So we're looking forward to that. Hallelujah. Uh, so we're in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5, and it says this. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. We ended there yesterday. And find the knowledge of God. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice, preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. So tonight, today, this morning, we said the benefits of wisdom. So we talked about the call of wisdom you know, we talked about the scoffing of wisdom. We talked about the uh, uh, protection. We, uh, the protection's coming. Now we're, we talked about yesterday the value of wisdom. Uh, and today we're talking about the uh, rewards of wisdom. But it says here, from his mouth comes knowledge. From whose mouth? The Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. Capital L-O-R-D. Yahweh. Jehovah. Jehovah. 
the Lord from his mouth comes wisdom. Makes me think immediately of a couple of scriptures. One is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. That means it's alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder soul and spirit. Or maybe you thought of 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God out of his mouth. So if you believe that the Bible is the word of God, if you believe that this is God's word, do you know that 93% of Americans say they own a Bible? 93% of Americans say they own a Bible. A very few read them. Did you know that? So yesterday, Lisa punched in a, a, a web address for you to check out a statistic. And so some of you, I know, checked that out. Others of you probably didn't. But I want to share these findings with you. And I did go this morning. I went to the center. This is called the Center for Bible Engagement. Center for Bible Engagement. You can just punch it into Google and you can find their website. And uh, I looked at a study called The Power of Four, and I believe this is what this brother was referring to yesterday, The Power of Four. This study shows how powerful it is if people will engage with the Bible four times or more a week. And for those of you, some of you I know went and listened to what, what uh, that little clip that Lisa sent out yesterday and I did too. I listened to it as well. And this morning I went and was reading the paper. Uh, and so I'm just going to give you some statistics. So it says, out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding, sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those. So what this study is proving, as they studied uh, 40,000 people from the ages of 8 to 80 years old, and what they found was engaging with the Bible one time a week really has very little effect. Two times a week, very little effect. Three times a week begins to get a heartbeat. Now, this is interesting because he said begin to get a there's There's something that happens with three times a week. And then I began to think most churches, most uh, established churches have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So that's three times a week which is good. I mean, I praise the Lord for that. But the study found that it took four engagements a week for these statistics to change. It's called the power of four if you look up the paper and read it sometimes. But when people started reading the Bible, the Word of God, at least four times a week, here's what happened. Drop. Loneliness dropped 30%. Anger issues, 32%. Bitterness, 40%. You, you know anybody that's bitter? Bitterness, 40%. Drug use, like alcoholism or taking drugs, being hooked on drugs, dropped 57% with those who engage with the Bible four times a week or more. Spiritual, uh, those who lose their spiritual stagnant feeling, 60%. Listen to this. 
Sex outside of marriage, 68% dropped. 68%. What? Porn, watching porn dropped 61%. For those who engage with the Bible, 40, I mean, four times a week or more. That tells you, that tells you that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word is alive and it's powerful and it works on us if we will engage with it. Also, and this study that I read this morning even changed from what this brother said. It said uh, witnessing increased what I read this morning said 228%. Those who engage with the Bible four times a week or more are 228% more likely to share their faith. Discipling someone else, 231%. Memorizing scripture, 407%. 407% rise. Now you say, well, I, now this is important because I also read in this study, and this is a terrible statistic. Did you know that eight out of 10 youths walk away from the faith by the time they're 23 years old? Eight out of 10, did you hear me? Eight out of 10 young people walk away from the faith by the time they turn 23. That is a troubling statistic. And here's what I, it seems to prove that and by the way, let me say this, our young people are going to really think something's important that we think is important. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean as much to say something's important if we're not living it out. You know, if, if we say something's really important, that's one thing. But if we, our lives are engaged like this really is important, then it transfers to our children much easier. You know what I'm saying? It transfers to our children much easier. So here's the reality. If that statistic is true, I have no reason to think that it wasn't, but if that statistic is true, then that means young people, even though we try to get them to engage with the Bible, uh, the reality is they're more engaged with social media and more engaged with movies, more engaged with video games. I mean, that has to be the true statistic. And... We need to turn this around, right? This needs to be turned around because the Word of God is quick and powerful. And, you know, we need our children to engage. You know, I've got uh, three kids over the age of 23. I've got two still under 23. So, uh, you know, I'm praying that they will still, they seem to be strong in the faith, the, the two that's under 23. And I am praying that they will continue in the faith. I pray for them. Amen. I pray for them. We need to pray for our children because our young guys is what's going to set the policies for the future, right? So if, if eight out of 10 people are leaving the faith and going out into the culture, then our communities are becoming less and less engaged with God and less and less concerned about the morality of God. So anyway, that to be said, the word of God is quick and powerful. Out of his mouth comes knowledge comes understanding and that he guards the way of justice. If we want the justice 
guarded for the future, then we need to encourage a culture of people engaging with the Holy Word of God. Amen. All right. So that brings us to verse 10. Verse 10. Well, let's, let's go ahead and read verse 9. It says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. This good path is understood as we engage with God's holy, precious word. And if these things are true, how important is it for us as we are able in America to help uh, young people in other countries, as in Haiti or, you know, the orphanage that we at Church Without Walls support? Uh, in Haiti, for instance, how important it is for those young people to have Bibles that they can that they can read. It's very important. It's very important. So praise the Lord for that. Verse ten. Now we're going to we move into what I'm calling the protection of wisdom. When wisdom enters your heart, and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. It's like a shield. It's like a, you know, in, in those video games or some of those video games, you have like this force field, right? Or you think of Star Trek and they, they put up the shield. Shields up. Remember that? Shields up. And then when everything comes in, it's it's absorbing. And I that's this is how I think of, you know, as we're seeking wisdom. When wisdom enters... Wisdom gets a hold of my heart, and when knowledge is pleasant to my soul, I love that. When it's pleasant to my soul, if I disdain knowledge, it's not going to happen. But if it's pleasant to my soul, then discretion is going to preserve me. It's going to be like a shield. Understanding will keep me. Deliver you from the way of evil, from man who speaks perverse things. So one of my favorite verses, and I'm going to turn here. I think I can quote it. But one of my favorite verses, Psalm 34, 7. Psalm 34, 7. Uh, well, I tell you what. I'm going to start with Psalm 34, 4. It says this. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. There is nothing more important. There is nothing more important that you can get out of daybreak than this plea for you to seek the Lord, for you to seek the Lord. You go to him. Nothing is a substitute for that. I sought the Lord. He delivered me from my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. We're not ashamed. This poor man cried out. The psalmist says, I love this. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Have you ever felt that, friends? Have you, saints? If you're a saint, you have. You cried out and the Lord delivered you and your soul said, yes. Verse seven, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. Why? And delivers them. The angel of the Lord encamps. You know, like an encampment. Hallelujah. 
He encamps, the angel of the Lord encamps around those, not just anybody, but those who fear the Lord, those who seek the Lord, those who love the Lord, those who seek wisdom, those who let wisdom enter their heart, those who, uh, to whose soul knowledge is pleasant to them. Verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Anyway, we'll turn back now. But I just love that. I, because I thought about this preserving. I thought about this keeping and preserving in this shield. And it immediately makes me think of Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those that love the Lord to deliver them. And here's what that also means. That does not mean I will never experience persecution, trials, and tribulations for the faith. That's not what it means. Okay? That's not what that means. Because true saints of God, if we live godly in this world, we will suffer persecution. That's just a fact. You live for Jesus, you stand for the morality of God and the holy word, you're going to be persecuted. In Mount Juliet, my this Monday night, this last Monday night, my stepdad, when I was sitting with mom, told me about a pastor who's eight kids, and he was praying across the street from the abortion clinic. If I understand it right, he was praying across the street from the abortion clinic. Who's he praying for? He's praying for those sweet little innocent babies. Okay? He's not yelling at anybody, not showing anger, just on his knees praying. They sent 21 FBI agents to arrest him, if I understood right. 21. Put him in jail. Yet we have cartel coming across the borders. We have gangs, MS-13, coming across the borders. Nobody cares much about that. But a pastor praying gets arrested in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Treated like a thug and a criminal. For praying. For praying. And here's what I was told Monday night. They're coming after pastors. They're coming after pastors. Well, I mean, so be it. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those. If the Lord lets one of us go to jail, then we will preach in the jail. Can I get an amen? The, but the point is, if I love God and if I serve God, and I do, and you do, and if we serve the Lord, then nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through his hand. And if God allows something to touch me, I will trust him. I will trust him. And I will go where he sends. Amen? That's why how we have to live our life. Because I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all of my heart I have an angel of the Lord encamping around about me. I do. I don't believe I would be alive if it wasn't. I've, I've had too many close calls. I mean, I'm like, actually, I think the angel that's encamped around me goes, goodness gracious. <laughs> what about you guys? <laughs> all right. Oh, where are we at? Oh, okay, time's up. So where did we get to? Let's get. Let's go with verse 12 tomorrow. So we, we ended with 11. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. Will keep you. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, a lot of stuff's going on, and it's okay. We ain't got to focus on the bad. We focus on Jesus, amen? We focus on serving the Lord. And uh, we just keep serving Him. We just keep praising the Lord, and we let God deal with things. Now, revival, the wave of revival is coming, and I'm praying that all of us will get into this revival and this move of God that God is doing all around us. I was praying yesterday. I said, Lord, don't let it pass over. Don't let it skip over Smith County. Please, Lord. This, this sincere prayer movement and desire and crying out for God. You can't force it, okay? But we can pray for God. We can pray, God, please come. God, please come in Jesus' name. And if I can remember, I'll share a testimony with you that I heard this week uh, about a young pastor and a move of God that's happening in his community. If I can remember it tomorrow, I'll just trust that the Lord will bring it to my remembering. All right, thanks for being here. I hope you're getting something out of the book of Proverbs. It seems like we're saying the same thing over and over, but we will move on eventually. Uh, but we're reading several chapters. And I believe God is speaking to our heart. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. We'll jump off here. And within that, we're going to say, Lord, bless Brother Charles and bring healing to him and bring healing to my wife, Lisa, and her body. And Lord, touch us and touch everyone out there that's watching on Daybreak, everyone that tunes into Daybreak, Lord, especially, uh, especially our brothers and sisters, Lord, that are, uh, that are, faithful to you, encamp round about them, deliver them, touch their hearts, touch their souls, and God, heal our bodies. Heal our bodies in Jesus' name, and then give us the wisdom to be different, eat different, and act different. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen, and amen. If somebody knows more about the details, I'm going off some hearsay of that arrested pastor. Maybe you could... Put it in because I may have got a few details wrong. I don't know that much about it. So if you know more details, maybe you could type it in for everybody to know. But let's be praying for one another and let's stand strong in this time. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow for Fear Not Friday. Amen.